0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 893. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Let's read our passage. Since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the reality itself of those things, it can never perfect the worshipers by the same sacrifices they continually offer year after year. Otherwise, wouldn't they have stopped being offered? Since the worshippers, purified once and for all, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in the sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year after year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. This is the book of Hebrews. This is a letter, a written sermon, to a group of Jewish Christians who are Suffering persecution as Christians in the Roman Empire and their temptation is to abandon Christianity, fall back into Judaism. And the authors arguing that would be a mistake because Christ is superior to anything they could hope to go back to. Christ is superior to angels. He's superior to Moses. He's superior to the Old Testament priesthood. He is, in fact, the new high priest in a new covenant. This new covenant has replaced the old covenant. It's a permanent covenant, an eternal covenant, and it's based on the perfect sacrifice. Which continue to compare this new covenant to the old covenant, show the superiority of the new covenant. Remember, the reason is because these Jewish Christians are tempted to give up the new covenant and go back to the old covenant, which was lacking and is now perfect in the new covenant chapter 10 now, verse 1. Since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come, not the reality itself of those things, it can never perfect the worshipers by the same sacrifices they continually offer year after year. So he's talking about the law being a shadow. Now Paul talked about the law being a shadow in his letter to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. He said, therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Paul uses very similar language here that the law, the Mosaic law, the old covenant is a shadow of what is to come. And what is to come is Christ. Now, Paul, was looking at the aspects of the law as far as its religious regulations, as far as observing special days and the food rules. Where well, here in Hebrews, the author is referring to the sacrificial system, but they're both referring to the same covenant, the same law, and saying it it is it's a shadow of the good things to come. Now, by shadow, he's basically meaning it's like a a fleeting image, it's imprecise, but points to it, foreshadowing, you kind of get a hint of what's to come, but it's not exactly like it, it's a very imprecise image, and what is to come is the new covenant in Christ, so this law is an imperfect representation of the perfect which will come, and he says here in verse 10, it can never perfect the worshipers, by the same sacrifices they continue to offer year after year. Now, perfect means to complete. And you could never be completely forgiven of sin through these sacrifices. That's why they had to be done year after year. These Old Testament sacrifices, they could never, they, they took care of issues for a while, but that was it. And then he goes on to explain that in verse 2. Otherwise, they wouldn't have stopped being offered since the worshippers purified once for all would no longer have any consciousness of sins. So if it really was totally effective, you wouldn't have to keep doing it. The very fact that it had to be done every single year showed that it wasn't effective completely. It didn't bring anyone to perfection. I use the term consciousness of sins. So we know we're sinners, and we know we're guilty. So that's why he's referred to this conscience, that if we knew he had been completely forgiven, then we wouldn't need to repeat the sacrifices. Verse 3, but in the sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year after year. Now, if you talk to people engaging in this practice at the time, they wouldn't look at the Day of Atonement as a reminder of their sin. They would look at it with thanksgiving as a means of taking care of sin. But the very fact that they have to take care of it year after year is a reminder that it's not completely taken care of. So the fact that we got to keep doing it is a reminder that, hey, we got to keep doing it because it's not taken care of. And they would never have dreamed that something could take care of it once and for all. They knew it wasn't completely effective. He continues in verse four, for it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, which is a big question. If it doesn't take away sins, what is the purpose of it? The purpose of it is to show the seriousness of sin and to cause the people to go through something which was difficult, which was costly, which was burdensome, to deal with this issue, to deal with the sin issue. And it was all meant to show the seriousness of sin. And even the Old Testament writers understood this. If you look at something like Psalm 51, starting in verse 10, the psalmist says, God create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And he goes on to say, don't banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me. Give me a willing heart and I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed. God, the God of my salvation and my tongue, will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and mouth but I will declare your praise. So here he's crying out to God that he wants forgiveness. He wants restoration. But it continues verse sixteen. You do not want a sacrifice, or I would give it. You were not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. God, you will not despise a broken and humbled heart. So here the psalmist is crying out, saying, "Sacrifices don't fix the sin problem. Sacrifices show me the seriousness of sin, and." The need to deal with it in a very serious way. But what you really want is repentance. You want contrition before God. You want a humble, broken heart about sin. There's other places we see the prophets talk about such things as when God is challenging them and Malachi for going through the worship motions, but with cold hard hearts and God says I'm not impressed with this I don't want your sacrifices I want your hearts so even in the Old Testament they recognized that it was more than just the sacrificial system involved in restoration with God and that's why the new covenant is perfect is complete and has replaced the old covenant because it does deal with the heart we come to God with a Repentant heart, recognize our sinfulness, confess our sin, and accept the forgiveness offered through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, then some neat things happen there. God adopts us as his children, forgives us of sin. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within us, and there is a change in heart, a change in our whole demeanor toward God. And so that sacrifice of Christ is sufficient to take away sin. And this new covenant is sufficient to bring us into a full permanent relationship with God. So the warning, don't fall away from that into that which has been replaced because it didn't do what you really hoped it would do, but God never designed for it to do what you really hoped it would do. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time to continue working through Hebrews.